Let's begin now. Hey, fellow Star Wars nerds. Welcome to the very first episode of all the Star Wars podcasts. This is, again, episode four? No, episode one. Uh, this is not your kids' Star Wars. What do I mean by that? Uh, you'll see. So, as this is my first episode podcasting, a Star Wars podcast, um, I just kind of wanted to break down some different some things. Uh, first of all, Star Wars. What is Star Wars to me? Why am I interested in Star Wars? Why am I even doing this? Um, I've been a Star Wars fan for as long as I can remember. One of my very first memories uh, was sitting on my parents' shag carpeting in the late 70s and I remember seeing the trailer for Star Wars Um, specifically the scene I remember is when Luke Skywalker rushes into Princess Leia's cell in the Death Star and takes off his Stormtrooper helmet and says I'm Luke Skywalker I'm here to rescue you that scene was like one of my earliest memories of just sitting there and and that moment uh, is just like ingrained into my brain and uh, burned in there for eternity and it was just my beginning of my love affair with Star Wars. And then my parents, like, bought me toys. Like, I, as a kid, I had the Millennium Falcon. I had, you know, a bunch of action figures. I had the speeder bike. I had the, the open belly Tauntaun, uh, the Ewok Village. And I'm sure all you Star Wars nerds know exactly what I'm talking about. Star Wars has been part of my life for as long as I can remember. And, you know, for a long time, you know, in the 90s and the 2000s, you know, it was, Star Wars was not a popular thing, per se, where it was kind of a, it was kind of a, I don't want to say underground, but it was kind of like this, this thing that, that you either liked or you didn't, where it wasn't like everywhere. Like there was some Star Wars stuff, um, but it wasn't like it is now. It wasn't like it was in the early eighties either. It was this in-between phase where, uh, it was very low key. And being a Star Wars fan was was kind of like this secret club that you were a part of. And, uh, you know, when you would meet other people and Star Wars would come up, you could kind of tell how much of a Star Wars fan somebody was or wasn't. And if they were, then you would kind of, you know, share in that. And it was kind of this cool thing. It was very nostalgic or whatever. And um, it, it was... It was unique, I guess, in that sense, because it was something a lot of us grew up on and then, you know, it carried into our adult lives. And not everybody was into Star Wars, you know, in the 90s and into the 2000s until, you know, they started re... Well, first they re-released the original trilogy as the special editions and that, that got a lot of hype and a lot of buzz. And, I mean... I'll talk about the special editions later. I'm not a fan of the special editions, but I remember going and seeing them on the big screen because it was a chance to see Star Wars on the big screen because when I was a kid, the only one I remember uh, seeing on the big screen, actually the only one I saw on the big screen was Return of the Jedi because I was, I think I was too young. My parents didn't take me to see Empire. I mean, I would have been about, I think, six years old. So I don't think they wanted to take a six-year-old into a movie theater to see Empire Strikes Back, but I definitely was too young to see uh, the original Star Wars, um, even at that point. But anyway, so Return of the Jedi was the, the the first Star Wars movie I ever saw on the big screen, and so I wanted to kind of relive that, uh, and also you know gain that feeling that I didn't get from the originals. So I went and saw them, and like I said, I'll talk about this later. But I just wasn't 
a fan of the changes. I mean, it was cool to see everything on the big screen, but <laughs> Return of the Jedi especially, like, some of those changes, I just cringed and and just kind of washed my hands of the whole thing. But anyways, so Star Wars was really big at that point, and then it kind of faded just for a little bit until, you know, Phantom Menace came out. And that was 99, and it was just huge. Star Wars was big again, and, you know... It was just everywhere, but I, it wasn't the same feeling. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't care as much because I was a little hesitant about the prequels. And then I went and saw The Fan Menace, and then, like, all my reservations were uh, justified in that it was just, I didn't think it was a very good movie. Um, like, it was cool seeing a new Star Wars movie, I guess. And, you know, George Lucas directed it and wrote it and all that. So, I mean, there, there was kind of that part of it that was, I guess, interesting and cool. But even with that, it just I just didn't think it was a very good movie. Um, and then, obviously, Attack of the Clones came out. That was even worse. And then Revenge of the Sith came out in, in like, what, six years later in, in 2005. And I was just, by that time, I just, I kind of didn't care. I just wanted to see it just to see it. And, uh... It was cool. I mean, it was better than the the first two, but you know, by the end where Vader stands up and says no, like I just, I kind of just shook my head and was like, okay, whatever. Star Wars is just Star Wars is done. Like that's what I thought. I thought that was putting a nail in the coffin of Star Wars. It was just no more Star Wars because this is obviously just it's kind of garbage, you know what I mean? And it's like, is anybody really even going to care about this? And so I kind of just didn't care about star Wars after that for a while. Like, you know, I still like the original trilogy and all that, you know, I'm, but I just was not a, a prequels fan. I still, I'm still not, but you know, I just, I would watch the original trilogy sometimes or I would talk with my friends about it or we would bag, you know, bag on the prequels or the special editions, but I wasn't like huge into star Wars like I am now, which I'll get to that. But it was like that for a while, and then I remember a couple of years, I think it was a year or two before The Force Awakens came out, I don't know why, but I got a wild hair up my ass to get these Star Wars curtains, and uh, something about it, I think I was reading an article online, and and it was mentioned, and, and I was feeling very nostalgic, uh, but my friend Dan actually had Star Wars curtains, and I didn't, but... Uh, and it was actually maybe it was sheets. I don't remember now. It was either sheets or curtains. I think it was curtains. But anyways, I uh, I don't know why, but I just thought that'd be cool to have, you know, just for nostalgia purposes. So I, I bought these sheets off eBay or curtains, whatever they are. Well, the thing is, I have these Empire Strikes Back curtains, but I don't remember if that was what I bought or if it was the original Star Wars sheets. It's it's been a couple of years, and it doesn't matter honestly, but point is that kind of kick-started my love of star wars again because then i was like well man i really want to have a millennium falcon because i had all these toys as a kid but then i got rid of them in my 20s because i was like i thought i was too cool for school you know like i don't fucking need star wars shit like what the fuck it's just sitting up in my parents attic what am i going to do with it you know i need money so i'm going to sell my star wars stuff and you know it's not like i got a lot for it but i remember i sold it to a neighbor kid up the road and uh I mean, I had it all. I had, like, the Imperial Shuttle. I had the Ewok Village. I had, you know, the Millennium Falcon. I mean, a lot of these were trash. They didn't have, like, the accessories. Like, the weapons were missing from the action figures. I mean, they were played with. I mean, as a kid, I tore shit up. I mean, I remember taking my Millennium Falcon and turning it into, like, a G.I. Joe base when I was older because I went from Star Wars into getting into G.I. Joe and Transformers as I got older. 
and uh, I would take all my old Star Wars stuff and kind of repurpose it for G.I. Joe and Transformers. And so I would destroy a lot of it because I just didn't care because you're a kid. You're like, well, fine. I mean, I don't care. It's like, I'm not going to save. Why, why do I care? I don't play with this anymore. So it's interesting how when you get older, you know, you start caring about stuff from your childhood. Just I think it's the mortality thing. You realize, you know, you're going to be dead someday. And uh, it's just this this feeling of nostalgia of, of wanting to relive your childhood, I guess. Um because it brings back, you know, good memories and stuff. But I remember I wanted a Millennium Falcon because I had one as a kid. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool just to have a Millennium Falcon? Like, just kind of, I could display it or I could just, you know, have it, whatever. And I remember going on eBay and I, I found one and it was, it was, uh, it came with a box. And they showed a picture of the box and then they showed a picture of the Falcon, but they only showed the underside of it. They didn't show the top of it. And I thought, you know what, it's not a big deal. It's it's affordable. Um, I think it was like under hundred bucks, and I was like, you know, this this is cool. I'm willing to spend you know some money just to have it, and I really wanted the box too because that was that was big for me. It's like I wanted the whole kind of, I guess the whole vibe of you know having the original box and the original ship and all that. So I bought it and it came to me. And when I opened it up, I couldn't believe it. It was like it was like a brand new Falcon. It was like the box was open, but it still had the original cardboard insert. Uh, it had all of the stickers were still on the sticker sheet except for like one of them was on the the chess table and then like it had all the accessories and they were all in plastic baggies and like it had been open but it hadn't been played with or anything and it was like pristine white like a lot of them now you'll see they're yellowing and you know like just kind of you know you could tell they're from the 70s or 80s and it's like but this one was just it was mint condition and and I just I was beside myself I was like wow this is more than I could ever hope for and I think the reason I got it so cheap is because other people had seen it and because they didn't show the entire Falcon. I think people were just like, ah, eh, it's probably junk. So I got really lucky there. But that really, the curtains were the first thing to kickstart that, but that was the first thing to kickstart this whole new love affair I had for Star Wars. And this was back in like 2004, 2005, I think. Um, or no, sorry, not 2004, 2005. What am I thinking? This is more like 2015. Uh, 2014, 2015, I think around in there and, um, may even been a little earlier. I don't, I'd have to go back and look and I really, it's not that important, but it just turned into reigniting my passion for vintage star Wars. And then I started getting in, you know, buying the old action figures. And then I got into the mint on cards, which was, you know, the original action figures on their card backs and the plastic bubbles. And I started buying those and I got my first one was I think an ADAC commander, and it was kind of tore up, you know, but it was still in the original packaging. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then I got a Yoda. And Yoda was one of my favorite figures as a kid. And I I just, it was in really good condition, you know, the original packaging. And I was just like, oh, it, that really is what <laughs> solidified this sense of nostalgia in me. And I was just like, oh, this is awesome. And I started buying more. And, you know, they weren't even back, even like, you know, five, six years ago, they weren't cheap. So, um I bought them when I could and uh, I got, you know, some weren't in the greatest condition, but I didn't care because they were still in the original packaging and, you know, I bought a bunch of loose figures and some ships and it was just, you know, it started this collection and I had never done that since I was a kid, like had a Star Wars collection. Like I'd, I'd buy little things here and there, just things I thought were cool. Like, a, you know, there was like an anniversary Boba Fett, I think I bought, uh, 
in I don't even remember what year it was. I think it was it was soon after Revenge of the Sith or something, or there was like an anniversary Darth Vader, like things like that. And I remember the vintage collection. I, I bought a Darth Vader card back because I you know I just thought it was cool, but and I saw it in stores, but I didn't. I wasn't like into it. Like I wasn't like oh I gotta collect these again. I just was kind of like oh it's cool, whatever you know for nostalgia purposes. I'll buy a Darth Vader or whatever. And it just sat in a box, you know what I mean? I didn't display it or anything. And then, um, yeah, and then I started collecting Star Wars again. I started getting action figures and ships and books and, like, ephemera stuff. And it was really, like, it really kick-started my, my, uh, the resurgence of my love for Star Wars, basically. And I just went bonkers and end up now with a room full of stuff that my wife just kind of is like, why do you have all this crap? I mean, she understands it. My wife uh, has, you know, she collects stuff too, but she's, uh, she's more into like horror movies and stuff than, than she's into sci-fi or star Wars, but she gets it, you know, she gets that, that desire to collect. And so, um, that was one of the things that I loved about her was that she, you know, I, I went into her room the first time she had like these big sideshow action figures, like horror action figures and, you know, movie posters on her wall. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the girl of my dreams. And, and I ended up marrying her. So anyways, it's just, she gets it. So it's, you know, at times she's like, it's a little much and it is a little much. And I, I've slowed down quite a bit, but, um, yeah, man, it's just, it reignited this passion in me for, for vintage star Wars and, and even modern star Wars. Like I collect a lot of the black series and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it's just, something about star Wars is really resonates with me. And, and I know it has a lot to do since I was a kid, but the original star Wars is just so special to me and to many others that it really resonates even to now. And, um, yeah, I think it's just getting older at like, it's really that nostalgia thing, but you know, there's something more there. You know, I think it's this longing for simpler times and I know that's associated with nostalgia, but, uh, it's just, the original Star Wars, even when I go back and watch them now, it's like they're very well done movies for the most part. I mean, the stories that they're telling are very simple, but they're very, you know, good versus evil. Um, they're fun. They're, they're exciting. I mean, the special effects aren't the, you know, they still hold up pretty well to now, you know, for what they are. I mean, obviously it's not like you're not watching, uh, you know, like a Marvel movie or, or even like the new star Wars, as far as the special effects go, but you know, they still have a certain realness to them. And I think a lot of that was because a lot of it was done with, you know, models and, you know, real creatures, not a lot, there was no CGI. So it was all done with like practical effects, which is to me, what makes it better. It makes it more visceral. It makes it more real, you know what I mean? But just the stories, um, of the original trilogy to me, they just really resonate. And I think because when they came out, there was nothing like that at the time. Like it was just something out of the blue that people all of a sudden didn't realize that they needed was that kind of sense of positive storytelling, I guess, of good and evil and, and good winning out. And, um, obviously there was a lot of copies after that. And a lot of people, you know, glommed onto that cause it was, making millions of dollars so people were like oh people want to see this stuff so it got oversaturated but the time it came out it was it was new and it was different and it was exciting and you know the stuff now is just you know they've tried to recapture that and they just I don't feel like they have um and I'll get into more of that later too but um this is more about you know my love of Star Wars but it really is focused on on the original trilogy and you know the 1980s and 
even somewhat the 90s, um, basically everything before the special editions and before the prequels, you know, was like, that's my era of Star Wars. And, you know, there's a lot of controversy that comes up with Star Wars and people hating on the new stuff and, you know, like, oh, you just like the old stuff and, you know, you're closed-minded or whatever. And it's not, it's not that popular of an opinion these days because there's so many fans of the new stuff that uh and there's a lot of kids that weren't even around during the original trilogy so they look at that as like you know like almost like it doesn't matter you know what i mean because it's so old and dated that uh they just see it as as you know like a bunch of old people you know saying back in my day you know type thing and I, it's true on a certain level, but it's also not true in the sense that there's more to it than just a bunch of old people sitting around, you know, remembering their their glory days or whatever. It's There's something really special about that original trilogy that will never be captured again, in my opinion, and it has not been. And I just don't think that the modern Star Wars really holds up to the same quality as the original trilogy. Um, and more so, honestly, like the first two movies, because Return of the Jedi to me was, it's a good movie, but it really, if I'm objective, Return of the Jedi was when things started going south a little bit. And when George Lucas was more focused on things like toys and making money, because that's where he made all, most of his money was, you know, the merchandising. So it was like after Empire, which, you know, was to me, Empire is the best Star Wars movie. I think most people agree, or, or most people my age um, who watched the original trilogy. It's just, it's the most serious Star Wars movie in the sense that, you know, they took it seriously, and Irvin Kirshner directed it, and George Lucas didn't have as much to do with it. I mean, he basically wrote it, but I feel like his lack of input in the production process compared to, like, Star Wars and Jedi allowed that movie to be the movie that it is. And it's just because Irvin Kirshner was very much wanted to focus on the characters and the drama and really take it seriously. And that's to me, what makes that movie so good is you take something like star Wars, that's fantasy and space opera and you give a certain realness to it. Like you take it seriously and you, you make it dark and you make it dramatic and it just adds a whole new level to it, which I felt was kind of ripped away in return of the Jedi Except for some of the the Emperor stuff towards the end. I mean, that really, there was some weight there. And it was actually, it's my favorite part of Return of the Jedi is Luke's confrontation with the Emperor and Darth Vader and all that. Um, The rest of it's just kind of popcorn cheese. I mean, it's cool. And the Jabba rescue and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's some really cool stuff going on in there. And and the the end battle and the Death Star. But really, it's it's all flash and, and pulp compared to the meatiness of those moments between Luke and the emperor and, and Vader. Um, anyways, I digress. Suffice to say, I'm a fan of the original trilogy unaltered because <laughs> the special editions to me are like the prequels of the original trilogy. Like the stuff that was added was just ridiculous and it really didn't fit. And it was when CGI was still kind of young. So it does, it's, it's very dated. I think it's more dated than the original effects. I mean, there's some cool things they did, like the Death Star attack in the original film, you know, was is redone, and there's some really cool shots they did, and it does look better in, in certain aspects, but there's just certain scenes, like the Jabba the Hutt scene, which was unnecessary, which just looks terrible, um, and then the whole extension of Mos Eisley, and just, 
it's just bad stuff. And even like the the sand troopers, the shut stuff that they reshot, like the the dewbacks and stuff, it just does not look good, and it's really dated. So the special editions, I mean, and what's funny is Empire has the least changes to it out of those three original for the special editions. I think there's like, I want to say three or four change scenes, maybe with like tiny little things enhanced here and there. Um, compared to Je- Jedi was just had the most changes and it's just absurd changes and just things that are stupid. Like I, I don't even want to get into it right now. I'll get into it later. Like I said, but the getting back to my point is that's where I come from. That's where this podcast is coming from is this standpoint of basically original trilogy is star Wars and everything that came after is kind of secondary. Um, and that's how I feel. And you know, I don't think less of people who like newer star Wars or who like the prequels or who like the new sequel trilogy. Like that's totally fine. You know, like if, if you enjoy that and that's your thing, great, that's awesome. I don't. And I have an opinion about it. And if it differs from yours, there's no reason to think that, you know, we can't just get along as human beings. It's like a lot of people have this attitude that like, if you, it's, you know, it's almost like Trump. It's like, and that's another thing is I can't stand Donald Trump. He's a horrible person, but with Donald Trump, I'm like, if you support Trump, I can't talk to you. I can't be your friend. I can't, because to me, it's like, it's so blatantly vile that for you to support someone like that really shows a lack of morality and, and intelligence on your part, in my opinion. And, you know, you could say the same thing with star Wars, but it's star Wars. It's fucking movies. Like I'm not that worried about, you know, politics is one thing, but star Wars is not politics and star Wars, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's entertainment. So it's like not that big of a deal. I can hate the last Jedi. You can love it, but we can still get along as friends or as, you know, people who like different things without resorting into name calling and, you know, insults, which a lot of people have done. And, uh, I've done my fair share of, of ranting and raving about the last Jedi on social media, which I don't really do it as much anymore, but, um, it was really upsetting. And that's another thing I will get into later too, is why the last Jedi was so upsetting, you know, as a star Wars fan. Uh, but I've made peace with it. You know, I'm just like, whatever, if you like the movie, you like the movie. I don't agree with the movie, but there's nothing wrong with you. If you like it, um, it's your preference. And, uh, you're a human being who can like chocolate. If I like vanilla, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It's just entertainment. So anyways, that being said, um, I wanted to start a podcast because, um, I've podcasted it before I've podcasted in the past. I was going to say, but I I've done a podcast and before it was, it was called the G word. I did it with my wife and it was about, uh, just entertainment topics. And it was just kind of across the board. Like we talked about a lot of different things, with a focus on entertainment and that was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. And I've been on podcasts, you know, being interviewed for, for various things I've done, you know, uh, in, you know, I work in the music business, so I've, I've done podcasts associated with that. I've, I've, you know, I'm a filmmaker, uh, indie or independent filmmaker. So I've done stuff for that. So it's, it's something I enjoy and, you know, I like to give my opinion on things like most podcasters do. So I thought, you know, I've been kind of wrestling with the idea. I was like, oh, should I do it? There's so many out there. And that's another thing is there's so many Star Wars podcasts out on the internet that you're just like going to get lost in a sea of podcasts. And it's like, who's even going to listen? And then I just, 
I made the decision that, you know, like, fuck it. I don't care if anybody listens to this. I'm just going to do it for myself. You know, if people listen, great. If people get into it, if people agree with me or don't agree with me and there's a conversation, awesome. But if I'm just recording this for myself and nobody else hears it, I kind of don't care because it's, it's just fun for me to do this. And so that's really, it's just my love of star Wars expressed verbally through this podcast. And that's really what this is. Um, I started the website, all the star com last year, about a year ago, actually, I actually just renewed my domain. So it was pretty much a year ago today. And I remember originally I wanted to do this all encompassing star Wars website where it talked about, you know, everything star Wars. That's why I called it all the star Wars. And, um, it just, you know, as time went on and I got busy with other things and life and, and whatever, it just, you know, I, I, I updated the site and I did these, uh, blog posts and, you know, it, here and there. And it was very off and on. And I just really kind of made the decision on the one year anniversary, I guess, that I kind of just wanted to do a podcast and kind of convert the website into that where the focus is the podcast. So it just gives me a chance to just say whatever is on my mind, um, and just express it verbally, which is a lot easier than writing a bunch of blog posts. And, you know, it's just, and plus I think people like and enjoy podcasts because it's easy because you can listen to them at work. You can listen to them while you're exercising. You can listen to them when you're traveling, you know, road trips, podcasts are great for that. So podcasting, I think it's why it's so popular is because it's very easy for people to just click play and listen. You know, you don't have to sit there and read something on a screen. You can put in your earbuds or crank up your stereo, whatever. And you can just listen and, you know, do other things. You know, I don't have a lot of time in the day. So this is something easier for me in that capacity. And I just wanted to have an outlet for my love of Star Wars. And I thought, you know, let's just do this. Let's do the podcast. Let's focus on that. Not worry about the blog. Um, I'll still keep the blog up and I'll probably use it to promote my podcast episodes. But really, it's just going to come down to the focus is going to be the podcast. And that's what this is, is the first episode. Um, the Phantom Podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, I'm just looking at my notes here. And I think one of the things that is going to be different about my podcast, and maybe it's not different. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. And I don't listen to any other Star Wars podcasts. Um, it's just, I'm just not interested, you know, I'm interested in making one, but I'm not interested in listening to other people talk about star Wars on a podcast every week. It's just not, I just, I don't know. I just feel like I don't have time for it. Um, and there's so many, it's like, whatever, you know, it's, 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 I know it's weird to say I'm doing a star Wars podcast, but I don't listen to star Wars podcasts, but it's the truth. And uh, the thing with this podcast, I feel like, and again, I don't know all the other podcasts, so this could be something that somebody else is doing, but I'm just going to be me. I'm not going to worry about being PC and politically correct. And, you know, there's going to be swearing and there's going to be points of view that you're probably going to disagree with. Um, I just, I'm not into this. Let's all be kumbaya friends and yub nub shit. It's like, I just want to, you know, I'm just a guy, you know, who, who grew up loving star Wars and I have opinions and I'm just going to say them. And if you don't like them, tough shit. I I really don't care. Um, I'm totally down to do dialogues. Like if you want to get on Twitter and rail against me, you know, I'll talk to you or whatever. And it's fine. But I just, at the end of the day, this is my podcast and it's my perspective and my thoughts. And they're probably going to be pretty raw 
in that to me is going to be what's different about other podcasts. Like I'm not doing this really to make money. I'm not doing this cause I'm trying to get ad revenue. I'm not doing this cause I'm trying to get in with Lucasfilm like some of these guys do. And this is more just about my personal expression of something I love. Um, anyway, so moving on, no, one of the main topics I wanted to talk about was the new Star Wars and the new stuff that's coming out. You know, I, I still watch Star Wars. Like, I've seen everything they, that's come out up until Solo. Um, you know, I stay on top of it. Obviously, I'm on Twitter and I follow all these Twitter accounts and I'm on Facebook groups and everything. So it's like I'm very much aware of everything that's happening in the world of Star Wars because I love it. You know, even though I don't like a lot of the new stuff. That doesn't mean I don't have hopes <laughs> that good stuff will come. But like Rogue One, I really liked Rogue One. I loved that movie. I thought it was really had a really good Star Warsy vibe of the original trilogy. Like it was a little darker and more serious. It kind of like Empire, I guess, but it just and more modern. But it it still had to me the the energy and the aesthetic of Star Wars, whereas something like The Last Jedi didn't. I thought The Last Jedi was really lacking in feeling like Star Wars. It was like a fan film more than anything to me. Um, and then The Force Awakens was just a copy of like the original trilogy, mostly Star Wars, with hints of uh, Empire and Jedi thrown in. And that's even The Last Jedi had a, like a lot of like direct ripoffs of those of the original trilogy, especially Return of the Jedi and Empire, where it was just like, you know, be original. Like stop just trying to copy it because you're trying to make money. So you just want to carbon copy the original because you're trying to not only engage new fans, but you're trying to like get all the money from those old fans by saying, look, it's something you're familiar with, you know, and then you kill off all the old characters, you know, it's like, fuck off, you know, that shit pissed me off. It's like, I understand killing Han Solo and you could go talk about, oh, well, Harrison Ford wanted him to die anyway and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, you didn't have to kill Han Solo. And I understand that there were certain there's a reason for it and you know there were stakes present into his death and and it happened for a reason that's fine i guess i can live with that but the luke skywalker thing in in the last jedi to me and even the leia thing with her like basically resurrecting from the space (laughs) from her being sucked into space was just terrible terrible writing terrible ideas terrible whoever approved that shit should be fired because i don't know it was just it was it was the worst like I said, the new Star Wars to me is not my favorite thing. I did like Rogue One. I I liked Solo, a Star Wars story. I didn't like it as much as Rogue One, but I liked it better than the the sequel trilogy. You know, I thought it was kind of unique and different. I like Ron Howard's take on it. Um, did we need a Han Solo prequel movie? No, but we got it, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. You know. Um, I didn't think it was the best Star Wars movie. I didn't think it was as good as Rogue One. But, you know, it it had its moments, and, and I enjoyed it. It was fun. And that's really what I feel Star Wars has been lacking, was just this this sense of, of fun, you know? Um, the sequel trilogy has been... I know there's, like, funny moments, and, and it feels fun, but there's it just doesn't have the fun of Star Wars, like, when you watch the original first Star Wars. There was a sense of adventure and I feel like that's what's missing in the new Star Wars but I feel like Ro- or Solo really had that sense of adventure and it, it was a good movie. It wasn't perfect. Obviously it had flaws but I'm gonna probably rank it up as my I guess my second favorite of the new films like Rogue One, Solo, 
Force Awakens, Last Jedi. And I don't even like Last Jedi. I don't even want to put Last Jedi on that list. But So anyways, so new Star Wars is coming out. You have Episode Nine, which J.J. Abrams is directing. And the thing with, you know, all this controversy about Kathleen Kennedy and her destroying Star Wars and she should be fired and all that. I don't even care about that. Like, she's just doing her job. Okay? And it's like, but one of the things that really kind of rubs me the wrong way is how she's really pushed this agenda of like you know the forceless female which is fine i don't have a problem with that my problem is practice what you preach because she does all these things about oh the forceless female and diversity and all this that and the other thing and yet every director that you've hired has been a white male for all your new movies no women no minorities it's just all a bunch of white guys and then you bring J.J. Abrams back to do episode 9 after Ryan Johnson eviscerated Star Wars with The Last Jedi. It just... It doesn't make sense to me. It's like you're saying one thing and you're doing something different. It's kind of hypocritical. But, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, I'm not going to sit here and demand Kathleen Kennedy be fired because she's running Star Wars. It's like, no. I blame the writers and I blame the directors because those are the people solely responsible for what we're seeing on the screen. Kathleen Kennedy is just, she's an executive. She's an overseer. I mean, sure, she has to approve stuff, but at the end of the day, she's not in there approving storylines. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure she has some input, but Lucasfilm Story Group are the people who really make sure things are connected and things are, you know, this happens or that doesn't happen. And I kind of blame them because they should be preserving what Star Wars is, and they're not. They're just kind of like... Well, it's wild, wild west. You know what I mean? We're just going to let anything go that we think is cool or edgy or new or subversive. You know, that's Ryan Johnson's big thing. Anyway, so again, Rogue One, I really liked. I, I really had high hopes, actually. After Rogue One, I was like, wow, you know, they can really do some good stuff. But then that was, then I saw The Last Jedi and I was like, oh, God. But then, you know, Solo came out and Solo was it was better than the last Jedi, but it was still not a great film. So it's like, I'm at this point now where I don't really care about episode nine. I don't care what happens. I don't care about the characters. I don't care who's coming back. I don't care. Lando's coming back. So they'll probably just kill him off anyway. So it's like, <laughs> the last thing I want to see is another original trilogy character killed off, you know, stupidly, which is what, in my opinion, what they've done. So anyways, that being said, um, I wanted to jump into something that I'm going to start doing, which is called the character of the week. And basically what that is, is just, I'm going to pick a character and I'm going to talk about that character, what I like, what I don't like, how they fit into the Star Wars universe. Um, and the character this week is Galen Erso, who, if you do not know, is basically the guy who helped design the Death Star. Um, he is in Rogue One and, uh, he's also in the Catalyst novel, which is kind of a prequel to Rogue One. And uh, he's the father of Jin or so, obviously. And uh, he basically uh, was manipulated by uh, Orson Krennic to build the Death Star. And uh, he helped utilize the Kyber Crystals as a power source for the Death Star. Um, and then, as you see in Rogue One, you know, he's kind of like fled the the empire because you know he doesn't believe in what he's doing and he's you know hiding in this remote planet and, and then Krennic finds him and he says you got to come back you know the work is stalled I need you to finish this and he refuses and then his wife gets killed and his daughter escapes and um it's just it's a cool 
I mean, Rogue One I thought was a cool story, and and I really liked the whole connection to the Death Star and how the Death Star came about and was created and formed and all that. And Galen Erso is an interesting character because he basically, when he realizes that he has no choice, that it's either fight and die or, you know, manipulate the Empire uh, in order to create what is essentially a flaw in the Death Star that can be utilized and exploited to destroy it. So he basically pretends that he's you know, on board and, you know, he builds the thing and, you know, does all this work on it. And then, you know, at the end he sends out the, the, the pilot Bodie Rook sends him with the message to his buddy. Um, and in, in the, well, like you say in the rebellion, he's kind of outside the rebellion, but it's uh saw Guerrera who's kind of like a faction, but it's like, you know, they were friends before all that went down so you know he sends information to him about you know this flaw in the death star and so you know he's kind of a hero in a way if you look at it because he basically risked his life to to get this information out there so they could destroy it and he i'm sure he knew the risk i mean he knew that he was probably going to get discovered and killed but i think it was worth it to him because he you know he was able to it was it justified everything he had done up to that point to be able to destroy this weapon. Um, and I think, you know, seeing his daughter, it, you know, in Rogue One, he saw Jin before he died. I think it really, it was a nice moment where he was able to get a lot of closure. And I think it was this sense of like, you know, everything I've done, I I did for her and, you know, she's still alive. Like it wasn't all for nothing. Like it really, I think drove home to him this sense of accomplishment before he died of like, yeah, okay, she's still alive. There's still a chance, you know, she can, she can survive this, you know, she can live, she can see the end of the empire. And, uh, anyways, I just like him as a character. I think he's good. I thought Maz Mickelson was great as that character. I just, I really enjoyed, um, Galen Erso overall. Um, yeah, it's I don't have a lot to say about. It. I mean, he's not a huge character. I mean, he is, but he's not in the movie a lot, you know, and it's like he's more in the Catalyst novel, which I haven't read all the way through yet, but he's an interesting character. You know, what I mean, he's not just he's there's a lot more to him too than just what you see in Rogue One if you read Catalyst. Like um he's a scientist, but he's you know, he's been through a lot and he's a man of conviction. He's a man who, you know, his beliefs are very important to him and he really does not trust the empire or believe what the empire is doing is is a good thing so um he's a good character and uh i definitely recommend reading catalyst because you really learn a lot more about him and his story and his history and and how he came to be in service of the empire and how the death star kind of came into being um anyways another thing i wanted to talk about was john williams and really his impact on star wars because you know, as much as you can talk about George Lucas and Gary Kurtz and Irvin Kirshner and, <clears throat> you know, the cast, John Williams is, is like, if you, if you look at Star Wars as kind of a pyramid where you have George Lucas, Gary Kurtz, and John Williams, I feel like those are the three people, I mean, there's more, obviously, but that's kind of like the main ingredients of, you know, Gary Kurtz was a great producer, George Lucas was obviously a writer and producer, and then John Williams did all the music. And without John Williams, it doesn't 
it's not the same uh, movies. They're not the same movies. They're, you know, it's not as intense. It's not as fun. It's not as much of a, you know, operatic space adventure swashbuckler. You know, it's it's just he adds so much to those movies. And even now, I mean, John Williams doing the music now. Um, I mean, it's it's not quite the same. I think, I don't think his Force Awakens and the Last Jedi music compares to like his original stuff. Um, but you know, one of the thing, the reason I'm bringing him up is because he's celebrating his 40th anniversary at the Hollywood Bowl, which is a venue in Hollywood, California. Um, it's this great place. I actually saw him there two years ago, where he performed. Uh, you know, he performs there every year, but he performed this concert, you know, where he was the uh, conductor. He basically went through and did a lot of Star Wars, did Indiana Jones, Superman, like a lot of the movies that he's done. And, you know, he talk, talks about stories about creating these scores and working with these people. And it's it was a really cool thing. And he's done that every year for 40 years, you know, and, and like this is the 40th year. I really wish I could have gone and, and experienced that for this 40 year anniversary, but I didn't. But it's all over the Internet. People are talking about it. And I just wanted to mention it because John Williams is not only is he like a staple for Star Wars, but he's a staple of like the 80s, like most movies in the 80s, like Back to the Future, Jaws, E.T., Close Encounters, Star Wars. It's like all these movies, Jurassic Park even, like these scores are so memorable, you know, and they're so distinct because it's like you don't you don't mix up Raiders of the Lost Ark with Jaws or Empire Strikes Back with Close Encounters. Like, it's his style, but they're very distinct and it's very different. And it's just John Williams is one of the three pinnacles, I guess you would call it, of of Star Wars creation. Like, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have been the same movies. They wouldn't have been as popular. You wouldn't have that amazing opening blare of... Just all of that. It's just... He he inputs such magic into those movies that you can't deny his impact on the films and, and people and the culture, even of the 80s and even the 90s and even now. But yeah, John Williams is definitely a huge part of star Wars without him. Like I said a couple times now, it's just, it wouldn't be the same. So much love to John Williams. Um, his music, I'm not a conductor obviously, but it's still inspiring. Like he's still, his music is very inspiring. Like I'll put on a John Williams, uh, soundtrack and just, it instantly just motivates me and energizes me. And it's just, it's amazing. Anyways, um, I think I'm about to wrap this up, but I just wanted to kind of in closing talk about why Star Wars is still so important to people. And I think part of it is because it's such a big name brand and it's been around for so long since, you know, 1977 that it's just, it's kind of ingrained in the DNA of America and, and even the world. But you know, we all grew up with it. Now our kids are growing up with it. It's always kind of been there. Even when it's been in the background, it's always just kind of been there. And uh, with the new movies and everything, it's been revitalized. And, you know, all the kids now are totally into Star Wars. And the parents are too. And it's like this multi-generational and cultural thing where there's so many people who love Star Wars. 
that uh, it's just it's a phenomenon. Like it's grown even bigger than it was in in the early late seventies, early eighties when it was just everywhere. But now it's I think it's even bigger than that because it's been around so long. Like that's when it was new. That's when it was fresh. That's when it was exciting. That's when it was new to everybody. It was like really exciting. And now I think it's more of a nostalgia thing mixed with a generational thing like kids taking their or sorry parents taking their kids to movies to the new star wars movies and sharing that experience with their kids whereas i mean obviously that happened in the 70s and 80s but it wasn't the same because it was new to everybody it was new to the adults as well as the kids but now the adults you know they have all that history of star wars and they're able to kind of share that with their kids because as their kids are coming up they're like hey check out these old movies that i loved and these old toys and books and everything and now we're going to enjoy this new Star Wars, you know, and this, these new stories and these new characters and all this content that's out there. And, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's a phenomenon. It's like, it's like a, a brand that I think is going to be around a long time. It's just, it's like Disney, you know, Disney is something that's been around forever and it's just, you just know what Disney is. You just see the the logo and you just, oh, it's Disney. I, I know what Disney, I know they make movies, I know their theme parks, whatever. But Star Wars is kind of the same thing in a way. You see the the name Star Wars and the logo, you just kind of know what Star Wars is and it's like imprinted on the DNA of our society and our cultures and, you know, who we are as, as people, really. It's, it's really kind of fascinating how Star Wars has grown into that. You know, with just starting with a, a cheap, low-budget sci-fi movie made in the '70s. You know, and uh, I think I think what happened is when Star Wars came out, and it was such a fucking phenomenon, it really imprinted itself on our culture, and I feel like that hasn't gone away. It's like embedded within who we are as a country and, and other countries too, but mostly I think America. Um, yeah, it's just a part, it's part of our DNA. You know, it's like Star Wars is where we come from, especially at this point in time. Like a lot of the kids who grew up with it, you know, my age, cause a lot of the older people, like my parents age and stuff, you know, they're, they're getting older and they're dying off. And, and it's like, my generation where we grew up with star Wars as kids, you know, like we are, this is our world now. Like, you know, we run the corporations, we spend the money, we make the content, you know, it's like, you know, everything star Wars influenced us and star Wars is now being not regurgitated, but it's being echoed, I guess, through our actions and our thoughts and, and, you know, the things inside of us that, uh, that we grew up with, you know, and it's not just Star Wars, obviously, but it's not, there's nothing as big as Star Wars, like G.I. Joe, He-Man, Transformers, like those things were big too, but they're not as big as Star Wars. It's just, there's something special about Star Wars that just spans, you know, generations and races and cultures. It's just like the stories are so intrinsic to humanity that I think anybody can identify and people just enjoy them because it's just good triumphing triumphing over evil. And there's something about that that just resonates in human beings. I feel like that's really what kind of Star Wars has going for it is that sense of blatant expression of good and evil. And I think that is just inherent in people. You know, the dichotomy of good and evil and right and wrong and um, heroes and villains. And it's just, it's done in such a an explicit way 
that I think it just clearly resonates with people and you can't deny it. And so um, it's just struck a chord with humanity. And I think that's carried on up till now. And it's, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. So anyways, that's, that's it. That's, that's all I got to say for today. That is the first episode of my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope there's some things you'll you learn from it. And I hope you tune in for my next episode if you are listening. Uh, I'll talk about more Star Wars, obviously, and get into some of the new things coming out, including the new cartoon series. Yeah, it's just there's a lot going on, so there's a lot to talk about. But also going to talk about the past and talk about original trilogy, the original characters, you know, changes that were made, why they were made, talk about George Lucas, Gary Kurtz, just all kinds of things. You know, it's, there's a lot I want to explore in this, and I hope you'll join me on the journey. Take care, my friends, and may the Force be with you. 